Hey there bad biddies and welcome back to another episode of Views Views. So in today's one as per the title we're going to be talking about emotional unavailability and in particularly men because I'm straight and that's the only gender that I have experience with so and how this can lead to guaranteed heartbreak okay so essentially it's about if you're thinking of pursuing an emotionally unavailable man if you're currently already in that situation and you're always getting mixed signals and you're always analyzing whatever whatever this is an episode for you because it pretty much breaks down exactly why we are attracted to them what it even means to be emotionally unavailable does this mean that we're emotionally unavailable and also why we feel the need to pursue these types of men's and what outcomes we're hoping to achieve with pursuing them how we can actively recognize that this is a pattern for us and stop ourselves and also how to prevent attachment from becoming feelings and also how we can practice the art of detachment and so we can essentially break the cycle of always wanting to be pursued or chased by an emotionally unavailable man because they don't even have it in them to be able to chase or be a proper dating partner. Alright, so and I noticed in the last one I didn't really do an update on my life, so I'm just going to do a quick one. Um, so there's not been a whole lot that's happened. If you noticed in the last episode I was a little bit nasally, it was because I was quite unwell. I'm still recovering, unfortunately, so I've still got a bit of a lingering cough. There's something going around. And quite frankly, I'm so sick of all these new strains of viruses slash bugs going around. Like, when will it end? Probably never, but it's just so frustrating. Like, it's affected work as well. There's been so many cancellations because of, like, people going through some gastric issues with the new bug that's going around and gastro. And then I've got the, like, flu-like cold. I don't know why, but this cold is just... I don't think it's just a cold it's been going on for like nearly one and a half weeks now and that's not normal for me um but yes I am getting there I still have a little bit of a lingering cough but it sucks because I had like all these plans that I had for the long weekend I had like these road trips that I wanted to go to see some of my friends but I couldn't even go because I was unwell and I didn't want to get them sick and I thought I should just rest as well but yeah, which sucks, and now I've got a quiet week, and I'm actually getting better, so there we go, life just goes and takes unpredictable directions, and you just have to go with the ebbs and flows, which sucks, but it is what it is. Anyway, we'll get on to the episode, so I'm going to start off by talking about what it means to be emotionally unavailable. To be emotionally unavailable means to not be comfortable with feeling your own emotions, sharing your emotions with others, or being present and responsive to someone else's emotions and how to deal with that. So essentially, it just means that an emotionally unavailable person doesn't really have the capability to comprehend where they are at in an emotional state or level. And as a result, they're unable to meet someone else's emotional needs because if you have an empty cup and you don't even have much in that cup to drink for yourself or to be self-sufficient with whatever you've got in that cup, then you don't have enough in that cup to even pour into someone else. You can't pour from an empty cup, pretty much. 
So you're trying to make do with the limited emotional capacity that you have right now and you don't have that energy to invest in someone. And so a person can, can become emotionally unavailable for a number of reasons or like, you know, for how I see it is, um, I know this might seem a little bit sexist, but this is just from my personal observational experiences, but women, we go through so much, like we go through multiple heartbreaks, we go through multiple disappointments, we go through, you know, like older women, we go through like childbirth, um, you know, miscarriages and all these things and, you know, lots of trauma, abuse, um, you know, sexual abuse and things like that. And it takes us a while, but we bounce back and we are resilient. We are strong-minded individuals. Like, we have that emotional capacity to bounce back and we have that capability to process our emotions and get back on our two feet and, you know, go with the ebbs and flows of life. Whereas from what I've observed and heard stories of with men like all it takes is like one woman or like a few like one or two experiences where they've gotten their heart broken or they've been let down or something's not gone their way and that's it with a snap of their finger they shut down they are overwhelmed with the abundance of emotions that are going on for them right now they're like where have I gone wrong what did I do how did this come about how could they do this to me? How could I do this? Blah, blah, blah. All of this is just so overwhelming for them because um, in society they just don't have this safe space to properly digest their emotions and speak about them quite frankly like I would or any other girl would or, you know, it's so normalised among women. Like we, That's pretty much what the basis um, of our conversations day to day are even about. We talk about our emotions and we're not shy about it we don't think it's a taboo subject or anything whereas many guys don't have access to that and so these are the type of guys that you know just go out party with their friends and they seem like they have like such a social life they have a lot of friends but it might not be the case that they have like people they would consider so close to them that they can actually share how they feel about certain things you know they might think it's too soft you know quote unquote soft and feminine like to share these things and talk about them and process them in a healthy manner okay and so when these things and trauma happen like you know heartbreak or whatnot heartbreak's the most obvious example but it could be other trauma as well like things going on with family they just shut down immediately they're like okay i do not want to even think about it right now so i don't have the i'm um, sorry the capacity to even think about it so why would i even want to entertain someone else right now like they don't actually want to work on it most of the time this is a generalization by the way as it's obvious it's a generalization but obviously some men and guys are self-aware and they can work on this stuff but i'm speaking on a broader terms and you know they might not be able to see it be like okay right this is where i need to work on i need to work on this to get to a place of healing so that i don't let this bleed into any future relationships or future encounters that i come with a potential partner you know they don't really feel the need to actively work towards healing you know because it's not a very recognized concept it's more so i'm just going to go about my day focus on myself and somehow everything and my all my emotional wounds are going to be healed that's just not how life works life works through active healing you need to heal constantly you're always healing from something in life it's always up and down up and down you know you don't just ignore it and choose to focus on yourself and not do the work to heal emotionally and that's 
exactly how you breed emotionally unavailable people. So what are some signs that the person of interest is emotionally unavailable when you are in the courting phase of dating? So like the initial phases of dating, okay? So number one, first and foremost, if they, you know, are mature enough to say, look, I'm not looking for anything long term. I am just looking for something casual. I'm just looking to focus on myself. Like, you know, I'm not looking for anything serious to settle down. I'm just going with the flow. I'm focusing on myself and my work right now. You know, all the cliche stuff that we hear. That's them telling you that, you know, I don't really have that emotional capacity to invest in you. So I'm just using you right now because I need my physical needs met or I need the needs of someone being my companion right now. That's what I really need right now. And I'm hoping that you can be that for me and fill that void that I have from this last person that left me or from me not being able to process my emotions. I'm hoping to trauma dump that onto you. So trauma dumping is something that emotionally unavailable men do that make us seem like, oh my God, they're like opening up to me, you know, but they're not like trauma dumping is it seems like it's so deep, but it's not because it's them unloading the freshest traumas that they have or like what they're currently working through onto you to see if you can give them a therapy sort of perspective on it, you know? Because guys know that girls are very, very good at processing their emotions, well, better than what they can currently do anyway. So they want to hear your opinion because they value what the way that you would view something, okay? So if they're trying to tell you about how their last relationship ended or like, you know, how their parents divorced or like whatever and then they're telling you and you've they've only met you a few times like one or once or twice and you're feeling like wow i'm so special they're telling me this stuff like no if they're telling you this stuff imagine how many girls they could be telling this to imagine how many people they're sharing what happened in their life so that they can get a fresh perspective from it it might just be that they're trying to be selfish and meet their needs in terms of emotional healing through you and it feels to you like you're so special that they've been able to open up about this to you right um it, it's just them using you as a companion okay so don't confuse them drop like you know dumping trauma onto you for an emotional deep connection an actual emotional deep connection is one where they ask you about yourself like ask you um how are you healing like what is going on for you like they take an avid interest in learning about you and they actually tell you this is what i'm doing to work on myself like they're showing you that they think deeply and they are introspective about their problems that's them being deep them actually telling you an issue and trying to get your perspective on it or like trying to see how you react that's just them you know trying to deflect their emotions and trying put it out there but not in the most healthy way you know like you need to be going to a therapist and you need to be working through your traumas and your issues not be like dumping it on some new person that you just see you know that's not healthy um and it's just a burden or well, not a burden but it's just something that confuses the other person because they're like why are you sharing this with me in the first place when we don't even know each other that well um and the other things are that they're flaky with plans or they there are like huge lapses or huge time periods in between making plans like for example they could just go mia for like a few weeks or a few days and then they come back when they randomly remember you because of like you know that they need your companionship or like they just need that physical you know connection with you they hit you up and they're like oh hey what are you doing on this day and you 
because you are getting these breadcrumbs that they're leaving, like they're just giving it to you in micro doses, you're kind of like, oh my gosh, they're thinking about me. It's like, so what were they doing for the last two weeks then when they weren't replying to your messages? Clearly they weren't thinking about you. They just thought about a need that they needed, needed met at that time and that's when your name even popped into their mind. But other than that, they were literally just doing their own thing. They were like probably talking to other girls. They were probably exploring their options, whatever it was. But they weren't really giving you that time of day until they needed you. They needed something from their needs met. Because people that are emotionally unavailable are essentially selfish because um, whether they choose to be or not, it is it comes with being emotionally unavailable because you don't have that full cup to pour into someone else. So you only think about yourself and how you can survive, you know. So with plans and things like that, they can get flaky, like they're not good with time management, they're not very upfront, they're very like hot and cold, give you mixed signals, make you feel like that you're special, but that's them trying to give you those little bits of energy where it feels like they're so invested in you, but it's actually just them breadcrumbing you, you know, and making you feel like you're still like a, you know, something that you mattered to them pretty much, but it's just momentary lapses when they're like oh shit I should try and like you know get in touch with them so that they still see that I do want to you know I can still hit them up when I need you know pretty much that's what it is so that's what breadcrumbing is and that's exactly what people that are emotionally unavailable um, intentionally or unintentionally most of the time unintentionally because they're not really present with themselves that they just do this because they think of you as an afterthought that's essentially what it is so why are we so attracted to these emotionally unavailable types and why do we chase after them? So if I want to be honest, I think that this comes down to us pretty much being emotionally unavailable ourselves. Because like, for example, if I want to use a personal example, I got back into dating and I thought, okay, you know, I've worked on myself like six months. I've like sat down, I've like actively healed, I've like sort my own closure, like I've figured out what I need to work on, I figured out my flaws, whatnot. And I'm like, you know what, I'm ready to put myself out there. I'm ready to just go with the flow and see where things take me. I'm not going to exactly look for a long term relationship, but if it comes my way, I'm happy with that. But if it doesn't and it's just like short term dating, I'm so G with that. And I thought like, you know, let's just be cruisy about it, whatnot. Let's just try and go with go into dating with an unbothered mindset. Okay. But when you go in without like 100% intentions and you just want to go with the flow um, and then there's someone who's emotionally unavailable it becomes so attractive to you subconsciously because that person is also quote-unquote trying to go with the flow you know and so you don't feel like you have to be the most vulnerable version of yourself you don't feel like you have to overcommit to someone you don't feel like things are going too fast you feel like you're always stuck in this um, you know quote-unquote chasing face with them you know because you're always like trying to play you know push and pull like one day they'd respond to you and then a few days later they weren't and that aligns with you being not 100% um, intentional about what you want out of dating or like what you want to get out of this experience because you don't really know you're just getting back into it and so you don't really you know, you don't really know or want to have expectations. But when this stuff happens, you start to form like, oh, expectations are just like, why are they not attracted to me? Like, why are they making me chase for them? Why, why, why? And you start asking all these questions and you start spiraling. And that's when you go down that rabbit hole of like, you know, you went in there just trying to go with the 
flow of things but then when this person you know acts hot and cold with you then you start to get curious like the curiosity gets the better of you and you're like you know why are they mirroring that like I'm the one that's supposed to be going with the flow and now they're doing it so it becomes like an ego thing and we just feel like we are entertaining dating or like we are dating by um you know going with this chase and these games but it really means that we're just not there in terms of being intentional and mindful and you know um, purposeful about why we want to date or like what we're hoping to achieve instead we'd rather be in this state of limbo where it's like you know it's neither that or that it's not committed but it's like you like just going with the flow and the ebbs and flows of like whatever this relationship entails you know so it's about realizing this and being like okay you know this is me trying to just evade my feelings of vulnerability is this a sign that maybe there is some bit more shadow work to do is there a bit more healing to do because I feel like I can't you know talk to someone that wants to have a genuine conversation with me but rather I'd entertain someone who isn't always so present because it makes me feel like I can do the same and I don't have to worry about commitment like is that the reason why you feel that these people are more um, appealing to you than someone who is you know asking you the questions they're asking you deeper questions they're setting up dates they're you know showing you that they do want to pursue you you know because I've got like both of that happening but I don't really know why because I thought I was the type of person that wanted to intentionally go out and find a long-term thing and that's what I even think now but for some reason I'm so okay with entertaining these people being flaky and like I'm okay with it because it makes me feel quote-unquote safe because it's what I'm used to even though I know that a healthy relationship entails you know um, consistency and I know this like I'm self-aware enough to know it um, but it's just like I am myself within myself I am a little bit scared to get back into that commitment because of how much I have been scarred in the past and how much it's failed me that commitment and putting in all my eggs in one basket and ending up blowing up in my face and you know while I thought I did work towards you know getting back into that world again like it's baby steps you know healing is never going to be one linear sort of journey it's always going to be up and down and the only way you'll realize that your healing has worked or hasn't worked is if you put yourself out there and if you say look I'm going to try the dating world again I know it's a bit scary but now that you have now you know okay these are my things that I still need to work on clearly I'm still scared of you know wanting a committed relationship that's so fine I might be scared for a while and you know maybe it is okay to just go with the flow and that's so fine as well because but it's about realizing that that is why you are attracting these emotionally unavailable people because you're so happy to go with the flow just like they are okay so that's why you're entertaining this because if you were well and truly done and over it you wouldn't be entertaining this you would just be like i'm going in with intention these people do not want the same things as me i'm cutting them out i'm not going to entertain this push and pull behavior so it's about recognizing where you're at in terms of your intentions with dating and why you want to you know let them do this push and pull game with you and why you want to chase after them so emotional unavailability triggers our anxious attachment styles and our need for validation so essentially um you know how i was saying we are so addicted to that push and pull 
Well, the push and pull is usually a game between an avoidant attachment style person and an anxious attachment style person. So when this avoidant attachment style um, character, which is the guy in this case, is acting aloof and unconcerned and unbothered by your presence, um, that starts to trigger a wound, a childhood wound in um, myself or like another girl who has an anxious attachment style um, and it starts to test it because it's like, I'm generally, as you can see from the podcast and hear my thoughts, I'm generally a securely attached person, but I do have that. Um, that's because I've worked towards becoming a securely attached person. I was very, very much anxiously attached before. Like I was 80% anxiously attached and 20% securely attached in the past, but now it's flipped. I'm 80% securely attached, but I have my 20% anxious attachment still there. And, you know, I've just accepted that um, as much as I work towards it, there's always going to be that small part of my anxiety that's there. And hopefully, like, you know, I can work towards maybe like 99% securely attached and 1% anxious. But I know that reality is that that anxious attachment, that co- that core childhood wound that we have, whether you're avoidant or anxious, even though you work towards secure, that trigger will always be there. And it's about, so what dating is about is finding someone who doesn't trigger that small um, part of your anxious or um, avoidant attachment style. Because that's when you get into this anxious avoidant trap and you it just it's just push and pull from there. Because if that person triggers that wound in you that you've worked so hard to heal from, that's when you're in trouble. Because that's when your whole attachment style, everything that you've worked towards becoming securely attached goes backwards and you go back into those old patterns. And that's exactly what happens. Um, you know, when we are going for these emotionally unavailable men because they most of the time are avoidantly attached or they're fearful avoidant, which is pretty much avoidant, but um, they also have like the anxious part into them, which some guys do have, which is when you start pulling away, they get anxious, but when they um, pull away, you start getting anxious. Sorry, when you pull away, they start getting anxious and when when you start getting anxious, they pull away. That's what I was trying to say. So it's a push and pull. Like they have that push and pull within themselves and then they do it to you because um, they're just never at ease. Do you know what I mean? So um, an example of this might be like, so for example, you were texting someone and they were taking a while to reply and then um, you take a while to reply. And then so they continue that pattern because they feel comfortable that it's not very like committal. But as soon as you reply straight away, they get that pull effect where they're like, oh shit, they've replied straight away. I don't want to... This is too much for me. I'm overwhelmed. I'm like feeling like this is overwhelming my emotions. So I'm going to pull away. And then they pull away for an extended period of time. So it's like a very dramatic, magnetic sort of push and pull, if that makes sense. So it's two extremes of the spectrum. And so being a fearful, avoidant personality is a completely whole like new game because it's like you are just not at ease with yourself ever because you always have to be either anxious or you have to be avoidant and there's no in between um whereas avoidant um which most guys are and anxious which most girls are notice that i said most so not all but most um so yeah this person who is avoidantly attached to the guy he will start to you know text you like every few days and then you the anxious person who's always like overthinking and analyzing why they're taking so long like what's going on even though deep down you know that you're not a priority to them they've made it clear that they're focusing on themselves that you're not wanting a committed relationship that you're not a priority but you still 
want to know why they don't think you're a priority. Even though you know it has nothing to do with you. Like, do you remember in the episode where I talked about waste increases self-confidence and I said what other people do is just a projection of themselves. It has nothing to do with you. Emotional unavailability has nothing to do with you, sis. Like, you might be a 10. You might be 11 out of 10 and you still will not be their cup of tea if they are emotionally unavailable, okay? You need to drill that into your head. So there's no point in you trying to prove yourself and be like, I need to prove them, prove to them that they do have feelings for me, that they do like me, that, that you know I am the prize, that I am what they're looking for. You don't need to prove that because the thing is, you, you can only, like what, like what I was saying before, an empty cup. I'm going to come back to this comparison. If they have an empty cup, there's not much water in it, okay? And they are trying to drink this water, right? And they're not able to give this to anyone else because there's so little water in that cup. So every time you pour energy into them, right, and you're, like, trying to prove to them, like, you're trying to cook for them, you're trying to, like, bring them gifts, you're trying to, you know, text them all the time, ask them how their day is, you're pouring that water into their cup, and that cup keeps draining because it's, you know, very empty, because it's an empty cup, and it keeps draining, so they keep drinking from the water, the from the cup, the water from the cup, but every time they're drinking the water from the cup, they're like, shit, I didn't have much water in here, so I'm going to just milk it, I'm going to drink all the water, I'm going to keep drinking, I'm going to keep drinking, but... I don't have enough water, so I'm going to drink this for myself. I'm not going to be able to pour any more of this water and share it with anyone else. So even though you're giving, 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 giving all the time, they're not able to give you a share of their cup because they're so selfish. They just want it for themselves. They only see themselves. They only see who they are, what they are, like what they need to do, what are their goals, where are they going to be tomorrow, like how they're feeling today. That's all they care about. They don't really care about what you're doing, even though they might see make it seem like it to for the purposes of being civil, for the purpose of being a quote-unquote gentleman, they might seem like they really do care about you, that they care about your life. But in reality, they're trying to get as much as they can get from you, okay? Like companionship, or whether it's physical intimacy. They're trying to get as much as you can pour into them, but that's all they will drink. And they won't be able to share that with you, unfortunately. So no matter how much you can show them that you are the right person for them, they're not going to want to be able to face the facts. They'll be in denial because they just have not taken that time to work on themselves. And so how does how does someone become from go from emotionally unavailable to emotionally available? Well, A, one of them, if you're not actively working on it, it's a matter of time. So a matter of time, like, you know, you can repress, repress, repress your emotions. They might resurface for a few years and then, like, maybe by year one or two, you're like, okay, these emotions haven't surfaced, but you know what, I haven't actually really worked on them, but they haven't resurfaced, really so I'm ready to date again, you know, so people, like, hurt people, hurt people, so, like, if you're hurt and you have chosen not to work on it, guaranteed you're going to bleed into someone else when you do date them, and you think that you're finally ready to date, and you think that you're finally emotionally unavailable, sorry, emotionally available, you're still going to hurt the other person because you haven't actively thought about your feelings, okay, so that's one way that people go from emotionally unavailable to available the other way is if they're actively working on themselves and you know they are unavailable for a certain period of um you know months or a year or whatever but they're actually going to therapy they're actually journaling they're actually you know getting a routine in place they're actually working on themselves okay so these are the types of people that actually you know would work on themselves enough so that they don't bleed into other people in their upcoming relationships all right so this is what you need to recognize. 
every time you start to see yourself spiraling after all the work that you've done, okay, you need to realize whoever triggers that in you, whether indirectly or directly, they are not good for your soul. Okay? Things or people who are good for your soul will not trigger the attachment style that you are trying to move away from. If you are trying to move away from overthinking, from spiraling, you know, from overanalyzing, from catastrophizing situations, if that's what you're actively working on moving away from, anyone who triggers that, and I don't mean in like, so what I'm trying to say is, don't get me wrong, if it's in a healthy relationship and you meet someone that's healthy and they trigger this part of you, but you can reassure yourself that, okay, this is my anxiety kicking in and this person actually didn't mean that, then that's a different whole story altogether. That's a different episode topic to cover. This is talking about when it's consistently being triggered by an avoidant partner, like someone who has an avoidant personality attachment as well, and they are triggering this consistently and you are consistently in your anxious element with no signs of reassurance from this other person through their actions or their words okay by the way actions over words but like you know actions and words both help sometimes but if the actions are not showing you that you know you deserve reassurance and that what you're thinking is not true and that you know you are special and you are worthy things like that sometimes you need that reassurance especially when it's so like um in those early stages when you don't really know where you stand if they're not giving that to you and they're consistently letting you spiral, then they're just not the right person for you. They're triggering that side of you that you're working so hard to get away from. Okay? That's what you need to remember. And this emotional unavailability sorry, unavailability triggers our need for validation. It triggers our need for external validation, which is not great, as we mentioned in the past episodes. Like your validation and your sense of self can only come from yourself. This is why you need to work on your self-confidence because if you know you are the shit, you're not going to let anyone bring that down. And you're not, especially not a stranger that you don't even know that well. Okay. That's what we need to keep reminding ourselves, girls. So you have to ask yourself, what outcome are you hoping to achieve with pursuing emotionally unavailable men? So is it a self-fulfilling prophecy that you have? Like, is this trigger that this person is bringing on to you, is this an alarm bell that should be going off in your head where it's like damn my self-esteem is so low that I want someone to prove that to me again and again that I'm not worthy of their attention I'm not worthy of their love like you know is it that or secondly is it an ego boost that you want by external validation which I just briefly mentioned before so it's either one of them and you have to figure out which one it is is it that you you know no matter how much how confident you seem or have worked on yourself that you know you still have a part of your self-esteem which is lacking in your self-worth is that part that you need to uncover and realize like why do I want someone to prove to me that I'm not worthy of being seen as the prize like that's what they're doing they're pretty much showing you that you know you're not enough for me even though it's not a pro- it's not a projection on yourself but you want to think that you want to think the fact that they can't see and recognize that I am so great must mean that they don't think that I'm great even though it has nothing to do with you really because like I explained the cup analogy they don't have much to give so they're not going to want to even try and see you for who you are okay so there's just no point wasting your time but because you want to prove so badly it's either that your low self-esteem coming at play and trying to prove to yourself and self-sabotage your self-esteem being like yes i am not worthy or the second thing is are you trying to get an ego boost because you want 
to make this a project you want to pursue this person and think of them as an active project that you need to win over like you want every tom dick and harry to think that you are the most amazing person on this earth like why do you want that like you're wasting so much energy precious energy trying to please everyone it comes back to people pleasing you want everyone to see how great you are but the truth is if you are so great and you are so content and happy with yourself and how your life is going you wouldn't need to prove that to anyone you know like the other day I was literally thinking about like how I was on a date and someone was asking me about my job and they were talking about their job so eager um so eagerly which is great I love that love when people are passionate about things and you know it doesn't your passion doesn't have to be just your job it could be like your hobby or anything else really but when people talk with a sparkle in their eye it just gives me life and I remember when they were asking me questions about my job and I was just like um replying really non like I was just very like unbothered I was just like replying matter of fact I was giving them the answers they wanted and I remember them asking me they were like oh so do you like enjoy what you do and I was just thinking like first of all the fact that I don't talk about it with so much eagerness and enthusiasm doesn't necessarily even equate to the fact that I don't enjoy what I do and I remember overthinking that I was like wait did I not sound like I knew what I was talking about or like I liked what I was talking about because the way they asked it was because the way that I talked about it was not as um matching their energy the level of energy that they were talking about their job at and I was like overthinking that being like wow they must think that I really hate my job because I just replied with you know like the bare minimum level of enthusiasm because um for me my job isn't everything like I have like so many passions and hobbies and like um things that I like working on that are beside my job and I don't feel the need to like talk about it with like so much enthusiasm but it doesn't mean that I hate my job you know what I mean like I love what I do as well but like I didn't realize that I had to speak with it speak about it in such a enthusiastic tone for it to seem like I'm so obsessed or like I'm enjoying what I do and when this person like you know kind of indirectly pointed that out to me I was kind of like shit like I should have spoke about it more enthusiastically and then I stopped myself and I'm like but why because I wanted to please that person and make them seem like I was interested in my job when I didn't have to speak like that but it's them projecting how they feel about their job onto me and being like oh why is she not as enthusiastic and excited about it as I am do you know what I mean I know that was a bit of a sidetrack but it applies to your um dating life as well like the fact that you know you see someone with enthusiasm but they don't really see you with that same enthusiasm it doesn't mean shit <laughs> like you know you might see something in them that they might not see in you or like you might or they might be excited as you but they just don't have that enthusiastic tone because they don't feel the need to prove it to you through that tone because they're so self-assured they're so secure in the way that they feel or like that they um you know communicate or it might be the other way around like you might not have to seem so eager and like enthusiastic about dating them but you might be so secure in the way that um you know you know what you want and you don't have to come across as like oh my god you're the most amazing person I've met you can just keep your like the mystery to yourself and you can you know talk to them at a level-headed sort of tone if that makes sense so yeah you have to figure out which one of the two am I trying to achieve by pursuing emotionally unavailable men is it my self-fulfilling prophecy that I'm not good enough or am I trying to increase my ego and be like, look, that's just another Tom, Dick or Harry that likes me.
So how do you actively recognize this pattern and stop yourself prior to you catching feelings? Okay, so how I think of it is your attachment precedes your feelings. So feelings are difficult to recover from. So you need to recognize the importance of stopping your attachment dead in its tracks. Because once you surpass the initial attachment phase and you develop stronger feelings, that's it for you, sis. That's it. Good luck dealing with another mini heartbreak, all right? Because sure as hell, being attached and letting that attachment take over you to an emotionally unavailable man, you are fucked. I'm just telling you now because things are just going to go downhill and downhill and downhill and you're just going to be fighting this uphill battle like you're just going to be trying to take things uphill and you're just going to be sliding down taking three steps backwards two, you know two steps forwards five steps back and it's going to be a massive mess because you're just going to attach yourself to the outcome so in recognizing this how do you stop this before it becomes a thing you need to actively write down a list of reminders of how being attached and how being in a relationship with emotionally unavailable people in the past, how it has affected your self-esteem, how it has affected your like mental health, how it has you know, steered you away from becoming the most healthy version of yourself. Secondly, you need to write down on this list as well, which of the above, like, is it ego or is it a self-fulfilling prophecy? Which one is causing me to go after this emotionally unavailable man? And what am I hoping to achieve out of this? Like, you have to actively ask yourself, what is this going to be doing for me? Like, is it that I am bored as fuck in life and I don't have enough going on for me that I feel the need to chase after these emotionally unavailable men? And is that the type of person I want to be? A girl that has nothing going on for her, but the only thing that she's doing is chasing after emotionally unavailable men. You have to ask yourself what the purpose of this is. Is it a game for you? Or is it that you don't want to be vulnerable enough, that you don't want to be dating and you don't want to enter into commitment? Ask yourself these questions and write it down. Write down your answer. So every time you start doing this, you can go back to that list and read why you're doing it and remind yourself of how silly you are being right now. Okay? The only way to slap yourself back into reality is to read how silly you are being when you're spiraling. Okay? The next thing that you're going to be doing is doing daily affirmations to bring out your feminine, strong, divine energy that we want to achieve, okay? Because when you are in this divine, strong, feminine energy, no one, especially no man, is going to bring you down, okay? So now, for the purpose of doing this daily, I'm going to go through a list of affirmations and the top three rules that you have to abide by and remember when you're being in your feminine energy, okay? So the three ultimate rules of being in your divine feminine energy. Number one, anyone you chase in life runs away. Number two, the less you need him, the more he wants you. Number three, if you act like a prize, the world will believe you. Okay, so now I need you to say these affirmations either in the morning or night, preferably both times. But you need to be saying it every day, especially if you are already in this emotionally unavailable situation okay or if you are thinking of entertaining someone you need to say these boss bitch affirmations and you need to get full of yourself okay i don't care what anyone says but the only way that you will be able to see your worth is if you start believing in it and if you feed this into your conscious mind daily okay so start saying these affirmations and they are as follows 
I am divinely protected. I have a completely magnetic, seductive vibe that people fall for. I am sexy and mysterious. Why am I so powerful? I radiate confidence wherever I go. I'm so hot without even trying. I can get anyone and anything I want. People always get lost in my eyes because of how alluring and mesmerizing they are. I am the most powerful woman in the world. I'm completely unfazed by the behaviors of others. I can manipulate any situation to get what I want. I am in complete control of my emotions. People are in awe of my beauty. Everyone is so intrigued by me. I am a complete mystery. I am the it girl. I am the embodiment of the femme fatale. I'm so intimidating. The world is my runway. I am filled with extreme love for myself. I am letting go entirely of all negativity, dislike and self-hatred towards myself. Anything I want, I get. Everything I wish for is already mine. I am the main character and my life is amazing. I radiate mystery, sensuality and magnetism. I am the best version of myself. There is not a single man on earth that can hurt me or make me upset. I make them upset. So these are some affirmations to speed up any of your manifestations that you currently have, okay? So I manifest whatever I want, whenever I want, and the results come to me immediately. Everything I think of that I desire arrives immediately. The moment I see something I want, I will always get it. All my positive wishes for myself are fulfilled instantly. My life is perfect in every shape and form. Immediately in this present moment, I have an amazing life. So these are the affirmations you want to be repeating daily, okay? And the more that you say it and the more conviction that you say it with, at the start, it's going to sound silly. You're going to sound like, why do I sound so full of myself? But that's the point. You need to get your mindset to this level where it's unbreakable, where it's not able to be easily shattered by someone who is not at your level to be able to break through you and get to your subconscious level and play mind games with you. Do you understand? This is why you have to say these affirmations. Because the more that you say it, the more repetitive it will become, the more that it gets etched into your brain, and the less likely you're going to let someone who is not at your level in terms of emotional availability get to your head and mess with your feelings and your mind and play mind games and get you back into that push-pull that you're working so hard to get away from. This is why you need to start seeing yourself as the ultimate goal, the ultimate prize that you don't need to be chasing people. People need to be hunting down to get you the prize, okay? So now I think one of the most important things that you have to recognize is to prevent that attachment that you currently have from becoming into feelings, you have to master the art of detachment. So detachment is not just good for you when it comes to emotionally unavailable men. It can apply to all areas of your life. Detaching yourself from outcomes and things like that will always, almost always, lead to you being in a happy unbothered state it won't lead to disappointment because you're so detached from the outcome so the definition of detachment pretty much is it's a state of being objective or aloof so this is exactly what you want to be it means you're disconnected from the individual or the object or the outcome so there's several benefits obviously to practicing detachment so being detached allows you to act in a rational way and ensure that the outcomes you're hoping to get are not soured by emotions so it allows you to see things for how they are and not how you want them to be. And it enables others to just be themselves without looking for their quote unquote potential 
which is the trap that we always fall for. It removes your expectation. Remaining detached also makes people more dependent on you. When they realize that you don't actually need them, then they are more inclined to actually respect you. And detachment is also beneficial when it comes to manifestations. So how to become detached from people, things and manifestations? First, you need to practice acceptance. Realize that not everything is meant for you. What is meant for you will find you and everything else will dissipate naturally. You are responsible for your own happiness and when you place it in the hands of other people, you're at risk to their own behaviours and decisions. That's when they start to dictate your happiness because you've made them. No matter how much you want someone or something, they can leave at any moment and you can't let it destroy you. It's how life works. So you've got to also practice number two, release. Learn to let go of things that aren't working out. Stop forcing situations. Embrace the mindset that everything happens for a reason. It sounds cheesy, but it's true. Everything does happen for a reason. With manifestations, utilize the law of assumption to detach. When you are obsessed with the outcome, you hold on to any limiting beliefs you might have, and that prevents your manifestations to coming into reality. And number three, practice allowance. What that means is you need to allow yourself and others to be your unrestricted selves, free from judgment. Accept yourself and accept others in their entirety. Stop trying to tweak or change things. See things at face value. And that's how you allow things to just be. And that is going to essentially, those three points, is going to essentially help you to detach. And as soon as you start to practice those three points, that is acceptance, release and allowance, and you get those sort of rules into your head about the state of being and state of being unbothered, the state of essentially detaching and going with the flow of life's ebbs and flows and not wanting to attach it to a certain definite absolute outcome because let's remind ourselves nothing in life is absolute nothing is permanent so stop trying to hold on to dear life you know like you are literally one unit in this entire existence like you're this one small pebble in this like massive ocean that is you know the world so why are you attaching yourself so much to some other small pebble like you need to see it in the holistic, realistic view of the world. So essentially that's a wrap on my episode for today. It is a bit of a shorter one compared to my other ones because I just wanted this to be a recording that you come back to, that I come back to every time we fall back into that trap of, you know, attaching ourselves to these emotionally unavailable men. It's just going to end up in heartbreak, okay? It's a proven way. If you've never experienced heartbreak and you want to experience it, please just go for your life, like, Find an avoidantly attached guy who's not ready to date, who's not ready to commit and just go through the emotions with him. Just let him take you for a ride and you'll end up in the biggest heartbreak of your life because you've pretty much self-sabotaged your entire mental health just so you can go with the chase. That's how you get heartbroken, okay? You need to find someone who's at your level, who's doing, who's willing to do the work at your level to become the most securely attached person in their life, okay? You deserve someone with the same values as you. You deserve someone who doesn't just you know, take space when they are, you know, not feeling like resolving conflict, someone who doesn't make plans, who doesn't stick with the plans, who's not consistent, who doesn't communicate well, you don't need that, you don't need someone that's disloyal, you don't need someone that's just going to take space and then cheat while they're taking space, because that's what avoidantly people tend to do, because that's just how they, you know, process their emotions, they don't process it, that's the thing, they just decide to deflect and, you know, do something that will sabotage their connection with their partner, 
Okay, that's generalization again, but that's usually what happens with avoidantly attached sort of people. So you need to realize that that's not what you deserve. That's not what you deserve. Like, why are you working? Why are you going to therapy? Like, why are you working on yourself mentally, physically, spiritually, just so you can settle for your old patterns, your old behaviors, just because that's what feels comfortable, just because that's what you're used to. You don't deserve that. You deserve way more. You deserve someone who's at your level or above you. You deserve to be inspired by someone. You deserve to be loved, protected and treated like a queen. Okay? And you deserve someone who is going to hunt you down like the hunter they are. Someone who's going to provide you. Someone who sees you as a prize. Someone who doesn't need to be like shaken just to see that your value is so much more than what they can see. Okay? You don't need to do that to anyone. The right person will come into your life at the right time when you're working on yourself and they will see you exactly for who you are. They'll see you at your level. They'll meet your expectations. They'll go above and beyond for you. You will even question why the heck did I even entertain these emotionally unavailable men in the first place, okay? Because you deserve the very best, sis, okay? And you know this, but you need to keep reaffirming yourself that you are working on yourself to become the best version of yourself. You don't need to be scared. You need to you know, put yourself out there. You need to realize that healing is not a linear journey. It's going to be up and down. You're going to have your setbacks. But as long as you come back to the roots of why you are working on yourself and why you're not going to be accepting this bare minimum behavior, you're going to be 100% A-OK. All right. And now that is a wrap. I am going to leave it at that. And so next um, week's episode, I will go back to either doing the heartbreak one or I will be doing the 25 things I've learned since turning 25. But yeah, this was just a bonus episode that I thought I'd release because, you know, um, this topic has been coming around a lot with my friendship groups this emotional unavailability it seems to be like a massive trend nowadays and I don't know with all the TikTok and everything and people just are used to these quote-unquote sneaky links and all that and it's becoming more normalized these days being emotionally unavailable and people are just milking that as their personality and so I thought this was a very important episode to make so you can come back to this whenever you need anywho ciao guys I shall see you next week with a brand new episode love you guys bye Thank you.